Um, all right. So in any way, um, then our main topic, of course, is dear God, when will this end? The answer is in 44 days, but it can't happen fast enough. Hello, sisters, and welcome. Grab a drink and a familiar, cozy up by a bubbling cauldron, and join us for this meeting of the Sisters of the Night Caucus. Say hello, sisters. Hello, I'm Katie. I'm Angela. And I'm Shanna. And I am Jillian. And it's it's an all-coven episode. Um, as we continue to near the end of this election cycle of hell, um, we're just all trying desperately to hold it together. <laughs> um, Katie and I are returning from uh, a few days in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm returning from a lifetime. Angela's returning pittsburgh um shanna remains near harrisburg yeah i know she's doing a thumbs down she's eating some cereal right now um she should know that it's like 7 40 p.m shanna's eating cereal so we're gonna we're gonna do some hexing we're gonna talk about what's in our cauldron and then we're gonna talk about again the election cycle um from the very depths of Tartarus, um, the deepest pits of hell, um, and how it is that we are all still alive at this point. Or are we? Jesus fucking Christ, I'm gonna hex. Okay, well. Do it, do it. Okay, listen, y'all. Go for it. I went to Pittsburgh for a conference, and I got there Wednesday night, and it was Thursday and Friday. And I was really excited because the name of the conference would indicate that there was going to be some really cool stuff there related to my job um, as a professional in the uh, advocacy community um, regarding, you know, good policy to help keep us, you know, breathing clean air and drinking clean water. Yeah. And it was basically like a giant greenwashing event with a crap ton of people from industry. There was some interesting stuff about new technology and economics and some really good stuff from partners. And by the way, we're going to have one of those partners on the podcast this winter um, from really cool organization. But like, I would say 80% of everything, if not 90% was like super industry driven. Ew. Um, there were some cool European NGOs and um I learned about some cool economic policy stuff from them. Uh, but you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I'm actually really sad about it because I was really excited to learn things and I didn't learn a lot. And I kind of feel like eh. the good news is a lot of like wonderful networking and, and seeing some people for the first time at a conference and, you know, two and a half years, like that was good. Cause there were other people other than me who thought it was going to be something different. And I'm also going to hex the fact that at this conference, any panel that was related to environmental justice was like four white people and a token person of color. So, Oh, oh yeah. 
Yep. Not all of them, but like the majority of anything that could be related to environmental justice, it was predominantly like four white people and one person of color. Wow. Yeah. But again, this is like very greenwashed, like industry corporate bullshit. So yeah, I hope they do it again and they do it better. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I feel like that last sentence is like could sum up the whole year for me <laughs> this this is just the phrase you know i hope they do it better <laughs> because that's like that's really where i'm at I, I i hope everyone just does it better just like staring at the universe going do better yeah just do it better please yeah real and true <sighs> Um, I would like to hex, um, seasonal allergies or a cold or whatever the fuck it is that is happening to me or happened to me. As I mentioned, I do not have COVID. Um, but like right after we, I mean, last time we recorded, I was starting to get sick. I was not like truly admitting that I was ill. Um, and then... On Monday, I was like, no, this is bad. I'm sick. Um, and so I was really not feeling well the first couple of days of this week. It, I'm feeling better now, but I still like have this cough and sinus, is, sinus issues, um, which my sinuses are hell on earth anyway, which fits um, in with everything else. And uh the change of seasons does not ever do well for me. Although I am happy that we're finally having fall weather. I don't care what anybody says. I'm happy about it. But yeah, the, the allergy part, fuck that shit. Fuck it up. I got, I have a hex. Um, so, you know, we're all sitting here um <sighs> In the home stretch of the election cycle, that would seemingly never end. It seems like I don't remember a life before this election cycle. Right? Thank you. I, that, oh God. Who I, even were we? Sorry. Like when people say, like literally when I talk about like 2020, it like seems like that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Literally. 10 years. Who was that person? Who were we then? But I'm I'm going somewhere with this. And that is that, you know, just like the song, you know, to everything turn, turn, turn. Uh, you know, there is a time for every season under heaven. And my hex is people who are freaking announcing for next year and oh. fundraising formally already. Hex you, hex you, hex you, hex you. I see you, I see you, I see you. It is so rude. It is rude. It's one thing, make your committee, okay? You quietly make your committee. Sure. You, you know, quietly start making some asks from your like, you know, your solids, your people, yeah. yes. What you do not do is publicly roll out your campaign and fundraise while other people 
are out there literally desperately trying to fundraise the money. I mean, in some cases for these smaller house races, they're just, just, they need every dime they can get. They're just trying to buy some freaking lit, man. Like, so. Tacky as fuck. I hate it. I mean, I I seriously, when I hex, this is not like a casual hex. This is like, like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And like, I hope people remember because it's selfish. Yeah. You're looking at you. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I want to make a gif out of that one. Um, gross. It's gross. It's not being a team player. No. It is, you know, it, it, and, and listen, we are so far along. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just don't know what people are trying to prove because like, yeah. literally you could just wait till December or January, like a normal person. And also like, how are you even telling a story about your election right now? Because we don't know what next year is going to look like yet. Uh, yeah, it, it's. You just don't get it. Well, it, yeah, it, it's foolish. There's no framing because we literally have no idea what our outcomes are yet. So what's your hex, Thunder? Uh, <clears throat> um, I'm just going to say my mental health. How about that? Got it. <laughs> yep. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. I just had to, I just had to correct our dear friend Bob about how many days till the election because he just like posted a thing on, um, on one of my discords and, uh, was like 42 days until the election. I was like, Bob, I literally Googled it. I Googled how many days until November 8th. Um, and it said 44, which means tomorrow would be 43. And I wanted to end sooner too, but stop lying to people. I keep getting confused too because like I heard literally I heard somebody this weekend say there was like 40 days until the election and I knew for a fact that was wrong and I was like why can we not be precise no I mean listen I want it. it's just hyperbole you know no it annoys me though it's hyperbole um if we're not panicking what are we even doing it right <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. And everything can just kiss my ass. Um, <laughs> um, well, okay. So, like, let's take a break to uh, leaven ourselves um, with, uh, with good things before we then dive back into um, the other thing. So what's good and what's in our cauldrons? Katie, would you like to start? I'm I I need another minute. Oh, okay. oh I have to be real. Yeah. So I I don't have a good thing in my cauldron. I mean, other than like us, like last night. I feel like no, that's like, Yes, listen, humans that I love. Yeah. And their continued support uh, are always an om- omnipresence in my cauldron. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I just want to talk about what my cauldron is actually full of, which is horrific, recurring climate catastrophe nightmares oh. that I cannot get rid of. No, and, oh. no I know. And I, I so like, but that's really like if I had a cauldron and you like looked in it and it was like 
behold and the cauldron like showed you the future you know like real witchy shit you would just see these nightmares like for real and um so i am grateful uh and my cauldron is full of um wonderful fall jammies tea Mm -hmm. um my great beautiful supportive friends and yoga and meditation, because without all those things, these climate catastrophe nightmares would be driving me insane. Yeah, that's real. <sighs> it is. Uh... I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to bring it down again, but like, I I really needed to get that like off my chest. No, Even like Shanna, like, she's like, horrible like like we don't have normal storms remember when it used to just rain sometimes once yeah. the time you saw it just rain just like casually rain like oh hi yeah. it's raining no that doesn't Something happen dramatic always has to happen mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. uh <laughs> uh, uh. What is happening right now? Shannon's just like, making look at look at Katie's face. Katie's face. Okay, Katie's I think it. Katie wants to go now. Talk about your face. So I actually like things have been crappy. Um, like you know all the same shit we were all talking about. But a very good friend of mine, because both of us also you know have things we deal with. Um, just has been doing some self-care shopping and got me a package that I quickly opened before I left town and um it's very uh sisters of the night caucus related and it made my day and I I texted them and I was like you have no idea how much I needed that thank you so much Mm -hmm. um and like some badass woman support from this friend who fucking kicks ass and I have to tell you all what was in this basket okay because it does include lotions and potions like an enchanted candy potion fun um a a sugared spell hand soap okay a magic or a stardust magic get ghoul friend foaming hand soap get it I love it. But yeah. see, those things happen to come in my own cauldron. Aww. Along oh. with the Good Witch cauldron mug. That is bomb. That's very which good. is huge. And let me tell you, tomorrow's morning coffee. <laughs> um, and, and then it gets better. Um, I got these wonderful tea towels. Uh, one in particular says, "Bitch, I am the secret ingredient." Ah. Um, I got explicit essentials uh, shower fizz called "Wake the Fuck Up." Ooh. I got a bottle of wine called "Shit Show." Love that. Love that. I got a jar of fucks. Oh, that's handy because. Oh yeah, I was when like, you run out. Yeah, I was waiting for you to say like potions, and I was like, "So where's the like lube?" <laughs> but I also got this cute lavender-filled little cauldron 
with a candle and a little tarot card and some crystals and I don't know what the fuck they are in here and some little rolled up spell that I'm not going to open I don't care because I don't mess with that shit um so off brand so off brand um well I also don't want any bad juju um but you know it's very cute and it's wonderful and I just love my dear friend and I know they're kind of going through it too and um so yes, I love them, and they got me this whole basket, and it made my day in a really hard week last week. That's very nice. That's very nice. And I have to put it all away back in the basket. Sure do. Um, yeah. Do you want? Mm. Do you want to tell us what the children? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to yell. Uh, I know. That's how I feel about my life too. It's been a long week. Um. I would like to echo the sentiment of friends um, and everything being hard right now, but just having really incredible support systems in place that I feel like I don't even deserve sometimes. So that includes you and all of our friends in the Discord. And I got to see some of them in person this weekend at the Shemaine fundraiser where uh malcolm was there and that was lovely um but i feel very lucky to have really awesomely supportive people in my life when things are not fun so you know in terms of what's in my cauldron um certainly certainly friends and support systems um good lord yes um and and I will say I feel like that's super important because also um when I was a was much, much, much younger, um uh I had a lot of friends that were dudes and I was one of those like, I'm not like other girls girls. Um, which is horrible. Nobody should have like ever talked to me, but they did, but not enough, but that's okay. Um and I did see a meme today that was like about the fact that your 30s are for like shaking out all the, like the weird conformity that you learn in your teens and 20s. Um, and then you like really come into your like in your when you're 40, you finally revert back to being the weird child that you were. So now you have money and you could drive. Um, I loved that so much. Right? I loved it. Um exceptionally validating and extraordinarily true um because that that is fully it's fully been a journey for me um and so I'm always incredibly grateful for the like weirdly large network of friends um that I have now and certainly that is excellent because um so this weekend uh as I mentioned Katie and I were in Pittsburgh and in particular um last night well so yesterday we did some canvassing for um lindsey williams and emily kincaid and then we took a nap because that's that's healthcare. Um, but then we were going to go out and at first we were sad because, um, it seemed like everybody was like, um, was just not doing well, which is fine. 
Um, everybody needs to take care of themselves. Angela came out to hang out with us. Heck yeah, I did. But then, but then while we were waiting for Angela, the craziest thing happened, which is so we went to um, uh, the like a little arts festivaly thing in Etna. Um, and <laughs> we went to the rear end gastropub. Because um, who doesn't like it in the rear end gastropub? I highly recommend. Um, we love it in the rear end. Yeah, we love Astro it. Pub. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I um, so we're sitting there waiting for Angela, um, and other uh, and somebody else. And I look over. Well, I when we were pulling up, I saw Jessica Semler, um, because she's got the hair. Yeah. Um, and then when we're seated at our table, I look over and I say, "I was like, is that Rob Kalini?" And indeed it was. And we tried to get their attention, but uh, I did have to like creep on them a little bit. And then I was like, I had to tweet about it. Um, and then they finally, they finally was looking around um, and came and hung out. And it was super fun. Um, and we had such a good time. We um, met up with Sarah at Amarado, who was a delight. Oh my god. Uh, well yeah, so the rear end. Um and then we went to an art auction at in a huge cool open space under construction, which yeah. I loved. It was so good. And I was like, why aren't we doing more like fun like we're children of the nineties who just want to go rave as adults. Yeah, hundred percent true. I want that vibe. I want that vibe. Yeah, I want that really, really cool vibe. And then it was cool because then they did it all over again in like 2010. And then I like had money. This is this yeah. goes with this adult thing. And then right. I could actually go do the really cool things. And like, yeah. can we just do it again? Can we do that again? Because things have been pretty lame lately. Yeah. I, I mean, I know we have had asked, a global pandemic. I asked like, the owner if they would rent the space out, even though it was still under construction for other types of events. I'm just I saying. Mean, yeah, I think it's a fantastic space. Um, and I was so excited because, like, obviously, like, none of this was planned, really. Um, and so going down there was very impromptu. But, like, art auction, some amazing, amazing artists. And my friend, Ishante Josie, who I went to Penn State Altoona with was one of the artists. And I was like, oh my God. Um, it was very exciting. Um, and she was excited and surprised to see me as I was her. Um, and uh, and I bid on her art and I won. I won the auction, which I'm very excited about. Um, because it's very cool. Like the pieces that were they were being auctioned off were painted live during the auction period during the day um so i'm so freaking excited um i gotta get back out to pittsburgh to pick up this piece of art but i'm so thrilled um and then we rounded off the evening at a very divey bar it's perfect perfection shanna did you say something in your cauldron yeah my friends Oh, that's right. I forgot. I'm sorry. But, I, but, but I would also like to put alcohol in there. Oh, yeah. I love that. We love alcohol. That's and more of it because that is how I am getting through weekends. So. 
Oh God. It's yeah. I mean, I think that is an excellent segue to our full topic, which is the final 44 days of this the final countdown. That's how we are. Um <laughs> Oh my god, I, someone just put us out of our misery. Yeah, already. really at this point. Like at this point, it, it this has to end. It, this, this has is, to end. Here's the thing. This is how I remember that song constantly. Um, and I may be getting this a little bit wrong, but I think that I'm right here. Um, so in the 90s, there was a half hour Janine Garofalo stand-up special. And she mentioned that I think Christy Turlington or somebody like that. Um, that their favorite band was Europe, which who does the final countdown, and um, and she found that like perplexing and shocking, and as do as do I to this day, um, and I you know I realize now that just like no nobody under the age of thirty knows who any of those people are. Wait, wait, real talk. Did yeah. Europe also sing? We built this city on rock and roll. I don't think so. Well, damn it, because it seems like they should have. Now I'm. Everyone is furiously Googling. That's my starship. Nah, that, yeah, but that was like the starship that like was like the one singular member member of Jefferson Airplane that just kept changing the name of the band because they like owned it. Yeah. From the mm-hmm. 1985 album Knee Deep in the Hoopla. Well, we are knee deep in the hoopla. We are knee deep in the hoopla. Jimmy Stewart, <laughs> come and save us. Somebody Jimmy short hair. Shout out. What do you need? <laughs> oh, God. It's this. It truly, Angela is so right. I don't remember a time before this election cycle. No. in this election cycle listen, listen one of my things i wanted to bring up is actually like kind of slightly related to that which is like both a practical question and an existential question and it is will things ever go back to the way they were and what i mean by that is like there's been a lot of like it's very difficult to tell if the bombastics and the kind of uh, the trolling, the messaging, the um, approach of this election cycle, will this be something that stays or is this based like in the particular personalities involved in this cycle? And I'm like really fascinated with that, like thinking about that. What do you guys think? Do you think this is just like the way things are going to be now? Yeah. I had a really long conversation. Well, not a really long conversation. I had a conversation about that with somebody the other week. And and I don't know. Like, I do feel like there's some part of like pre-pandemic campaign life that we have to find a way to crawl back to. But I don't know how long it's going to take. Well, and here's the thing. Part of the, so like, there's two things happening this cycle that are frustrating. Like we have the 
like the presences the bombastic you know what i mean which coming out of the pandemic that actually isn't over but whatever um like we're going to have just because of social media because like everyone sat at home on electronic devices for two and a half years we're going to have those kinds of presences and this isn't like throwing shade at our favorite senatorial candidate no um, not at all he's been he yeah. has been like really on point oh my god look at senator casey's twitter holy shit love it oh my god love mm-hmm. love yeah. senator casey's twitter but like again like that's not bombastic. That's kind of the fun social media side. Yeah. But the huge proclamations, sweeping generalizations, outsized personalities over somebody who could actually do the job. I mean, some people can't even do the job of the doctor, but whatever. Um, you know, like I think that's I think that's gonna stay. I think the door was opened for that kind of shit, and I don't know how you close it. So that's like one thing that's happening with campaigns is like, who are the people? Yeah, and I think like even for like I'm seeing it even on like legislative levels and local races. Like I don't know, it's weird. I'm I want to see how recruitment goes in the next six to 16 months, I guess. But I I don't know. I think the, there's personalities and I don't know how to close that door because I think a lot of it is about the other side. And oh, 100%. They, yeah. They're new. Okay, that approach of flooding the zone, mm-hmm. which is what they call it, you know? They call it flooding the zone. And that's sports what- Sports ball reference. Yeah. But that's exactly what they do. And because they are so good at propping up, like, listen, if you are a Republican and you can manage to cobble together like 5,000 followers, that's it. Like, they're going to push you up because they they believe in having an army instead of like one little tiny wooden bench. And that's how they're running their messaging is it's just all this to see what sticks. And we don't have that. And so, yeah, they have continued to move in that direction and not following them feels like a mistake, but I also kind of, you know, it's. The electorate is tired. The, the electorate's exhausted and and so many people like I hear so much like do you think we'll ever go back to like having policy discussions and it's like well don't don't look at you know don't look at us that's what I always say like don't don't look at us I mean when you have a when you have a gubernatorial candidate you know on the the right who literally won't do interviews like don't don't look at us about policy positions um and that kind of segue is like the other thing I wanted to ask in the same vein is do you think debates are dead are debates dead I here listen here's I don't know whether this is controversial or not I want them to be dead yes I want them to be dead 
Thank you. And like, here's the like every single person that's like, I want to debate. I only from this point forward, I only want to see presidential debates. Period. Yep, they're the only ones that are any good. They're the only or anyone pays attention to, or that anyone pays attention to. And I don't want to see other ones. And it's not. And it's not that like we shouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not defending it. I don't care. I don't want it. I don't want it anymore. Well, and I think it comes down to like, especially for state level and lower. What new information are you going to learn from a debate that you can't find online or in a news article at this point? Presidential, I think, is different because like we are talking about the the executive leader of our our country and like temperament attitude things like that i really want to see but i think all of the candidates state level and below like you already should fucking know these people right yeah what i guess this is the thing too right like candidates like state level and below you do kind of get a chance to know yeah and like a presidential candidate you don't have that kind of access no um but like if you are involved enough then you're gonna get that opportunity with state level candidates and so just i don't shit the other other thing we need to accept is that for some reason despite the fact that we're now you know on our third cycle with uh mail-in voting we still haven't adapted nope at all like people are just not adapting the pace of these campaigns at all to the fact that people you know begin voting like in like a week and here's my big concern and so like campaigns have plans um organizations will have plans um the funders haven't caught the fuck on yet. Yeah. And the yeah. volunteers haven't either. And that's a problem. No, they're it like, oh, well, we don't have to do anything till after Labor Day. Um, it's Excuse no. me. That's like they GOTV. They're like, we have, we'll be, the last couple weeks we'll be in to volunteer. And it's like, oh, thank you. But like, can you please do that now? Please? Like, we're just ballot chasing at that point. Yep. Yeah. So there is really like, even though we're the third cycle in, and it's the same thing with these debates, like, I mean, I've seen newspaper outlets and, you know, regionals want to um, schedule debates in like the last week of October. And it's like, people's minds are already fucking made up anyway. Yeah, the the, the days of the October surprise are over when half the people have already voted. Yep. Right. Yeah, so I feel like that shift, that shift has like has happened on like how we structure campaigns, but it hasn't caught up with everything else yet at all, whether it's funders, volunteers, the media. Well, and the other thing is, and we've talked about this before, the other thing that's happening, like when you say, are we getting back to you know, some level of campaigning before the pandemic. But like, I 
I want somebody to have infrastructure right now to actually train field organizers appropriately. Yes. And like, this is the first cycle that it's not like a lot of phone calls and texts and stuff. Cause we were still in the thick of things with Delta and everything last cycle. But so like, there's a level of understanding that I get, but yeah, holy crap, you know, and I want to make the point, like to anybody who's looking for a campaign job, who's like, oh, I don't know, field organizing, that seems so lower level. Like, okay, yeah, sure. That is what would be considered an entry-level job in politics is being a field organizer. I mean, probably like a fellow or something might be actual entry-level, but like, yeah, you build so much of your initial toolbox by being a field organizer and learning a lot of different skills there that it will carry on for more than whatever. Like there are still basic ass organizing skills that I use every damn day. Okay, and listen, like- I'm gonna say it point blank. I don't think anyone should be bumped up the chain to higher positions until they have multiple, multiple cycles a field like just direct field organizing experience or different types or different types of organizing because like maybe their candidate lost in the primary right but like or maybe they've worked in multiple regions throughout one year as a field organizer I don't like there's a couple different ways to go that but like a couple different organizing jobs yeah no absolutely I mean that's where I was going with that is like that organizing experience when well trained and I think Part of the problem we're seeing on the grounds and like I kind of almost want to stick a pin in this and come back to it after the election. Mm-hmm. Part of the problem that we're seeing on the ground is that we have an entire um, crop of organizers who were never trained in the full scope of the job as opposed to like the phone banking side of the job, which is like a traditionally a small part, but during the pandemic became the bulk. And, and so, um, so I, I do feel like we have a lot of development work to do around that um, because those skills are extremely important and they, they shouldn't be lost. Also, there's absolutely nothing like I'm going to say this, like, I don't care where you are in your career and I don't care what level of candidate you are like knocking on people's doors and talking to them is the absolute best way to get out of your bubble and start to understand what's going on in the world. Yeah, Knocking doors is not beneath anybody. Absolutely not. It makes every single person stronger. Period. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And I just, it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's been really hard and I think really crazy. And I know um, that I have experienced in my area, like the difficulty in getting people to knock doors. And I think, you know, I'm starting to see more people knocking doors now. And so I think maybe some of it is like this shift that people aren't catching on to. 
you know, like Katie or Angela said, of you know, not doing stuff till after Labor Day or whatever. Um, but it's frustrating because, you know, the urgency is there. It is there. Like, it, it has to get done. And <clears throat> I don't know. I I also, I'll, I'll be the bad guy for a minute. Yeah. Bad lady. I'll be, the, I'll be the bad lady for a moment and just say point blank that the fact that we have no less than, oh God, let me just count off the top of my head, no less than 10 um, national groups that are sending postcards out to Pennsylvania volunteers to write to send to Pennsylvania voters um, does not help in getting the message across to the good people of Pennsylvania. You know what? That that money that is being spent on postcards could instead be given to campaigns for paid canvassers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which would be an extraordinarily more effective um, thing to do with those funds. It is literally the bane of my existence um, out here in the world. Uh, people will say, um, yeah, I mean, I wish you a lot of luck, but like, just so you know, I mean, I already wrote a hundred postcards and that's really how people view this is, well, I did my thing. I did my thing for this election cycle and um it, it it isn't effective and we 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 use the approach because there was so much energy and so much frustration during the pandemic and people needed things to do they needed to feel like they were doing something but yeah. but literally that moment has passed there's a place for pl for postcards i don't hate them quite as viscerally as you do i know there's, the two, places, that there's, there's two places there's two places where research has shown they're effective. Here are the two places. One, if the postcard comes, oh, three places. One, if the postcard comes from someone you very personally know, okay? Two is if the postcard is the like the second or third touch and it's from the person that you has already did the voter outreach the first or second time and it says something like so and so remember i knocked on your door we had a great conversation i'm just circling back around to remind you blah 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 the yeah. third time is for voters under the age of let's say 23 24 who have recently registered because these people they got I, to anyone listening that age i love you so much it's unbelievable but like yeah. We get a lot of college students that don't even remember that they registered to vote. Right. And so that reminder for them and telling if it involves also telling them where to vote is good. And those are literally what research shows. Those are the only useful postcards. And the place where I think they're the most valuable is actually that second one where it's an additional touch. Mm -hmm. Because being as rural as I am, these doors, I'm not sending a canvasser to some of these doors. They should get a postcard. They need some level of personal touch 
that's not a glossy ass mailer. So getting a phone call and a postcard on uncanvassable doors out here with five mile long driveways, mm-hmm. beautiful, perfect. That's totally right. fine. Cause it's a- do that here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's a, that's an add on. If I get another postcard, <laughs> you shouldn't get any postcards. That's the point. That's and part of the problem. But, I'm a so, fucking super voter. Yeah, so none of us canvassable neighborhood. Time out. So yeah. at what point do we direct our postcard wrath instead of to the writer of the postcard who is just trying to help, but instead to the people who are cutting the lists? Oh, no. Now people that are it. cutting the lists are yeah. like, yeah, the postcard writers themselves are not they're lovely folks. The problem. No, they don't know. Thank you. Thank um, you for writing postcards. Unless you're fully capable of knocking doors and you're choosing to write postcards instead. Um, but even then, the bigger problem is the people cutting the lists. Because yes, like now I will say I have never received a postcard. Which is good. I should not receive a postcard. I get them all the time, but I get them from outside groups. Like yep. where I can tell the postcard was written in like Maryland. Yep. Oh, actually, in 2020, I got a postcard from a county party volunteer. I'm a fucking area chair. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Who gave them your address and told them to do that? Why are they writing postcards in 2020 to super Dems? With high scores. Like, I think I have a 99.9% Dem support score. Yeah. So it all comes back to, again, not, not like hatred towards the cutters of the turfs, but like, we really need to be able to train people better. Yep. And it would yeah. be super awesome for people to want to be trained to do these I'm not things just disappointed Shanna. yeah that's fair <laughs> but are we mad though well let's take it one step further yeah um, all right we've already discussed the postcard writer we've already discussed the cutter of the turf yeah uh, there's a step above that which oh, is yeah which is i mean i'm just gonna throw it out there dc why why are you doing this to us why when you sat there and decided your budget for the year what part of you decided this why give us money for paid canvassers yeah actually even better yet earlier in the year give 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 money for like normal field canvassers that aren't just like GOTV paid mm-hmm. canvassers because like it's too late by then motherfuckers yeah mm-hmm. all of this I just I mean the fact that these this is written in a budget this is part yep. of a strategic plan yep. that is the real issue and yep. here's the thing and here's a little 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 sausage not all the sausage I started writing now I don't know where it is right now because I have some signed documents but like I started writing a plan for my organization in like November of 21 for November of 22 and actually like started making notes partway through like in the summer of 21 making notes, right? As an organization that is talking to like DC type funders, like 
I'll give you a plan in January if you want a plan in January, as long as you know that I don't have polling yet. I don't necessarily know candidates' names yet, but I can give you a ballpark. Yeah. Um, um, is is that not early enough for you, national funders? Now, granted, we have some lovely national funders who did like pretty early, but that's not everyone. Like, where are some of those postcard groups in February? Yeah. Right. And if you work for a postcard group, I, I hope you listen. We do not hate you, but please tell your bosses, change tactics. You're not helping candidates. We are all supposed to be on the same team here, which is trying to elect Democrats. And like, people, this isn't working. It doesn't work. Nope. Um, what works is knocking the shit out of some doors. Um, and like, yeah, you know, some days you're going to knock a packet and you're going to get to talk to one person. Some days you're going to knock, knock a packet and you get to talk to like a dozen people and you're going to have great conversations. But you don't know. And like, nobody can control that. And those conversations, every single one, are so important. And here's the thing with postcards is you, uh, like, you get to imagine that every single person that received your postcard um, loved and cherished it. But I am so sorry to tell you that so many of them are going in the trash. Um, I'm just saying, at least with knocking doors you know up front when you didn't get somebody at home and the other thing is and i'm gonna give a shout out to my state house candidate who is doing um the the good cat's work um of knocking some republican doors which a candidate should do if they're a Democratic candidate, right? Um, and these are, you know, anyway, modeling, etc. And they're all going, wow, you knocked on my door. Tell me a little bit more about yourself. And it's a really rough district, right? But might increase Republican turnout for a Democratic candidate. And if we do that because we're like making inroads and maybe stopping some of the divisiveness that is really happening out in rural Pennsylvania, where it's like you're either a fascist or you're not kind of thing some days, like I'll take it. And my candidate is doing a wonderful job talking to people. Yay. Yay. And to, pick, to piggyback on that, just to piggyback super quick, I just want to add also... The dog wants to add too. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to add to that with 1.3 and growing uh, million independents in the state of Pennsylvania, you better be like on those independents. Do not give them a pass, a singular pass at the end of your campaign because they're there. They're want independent just means 
I don't know. I can't decide. So like, go get them, go get that. Well, yeah, I know. But the point of the matter is we have modeling. We know some of them are gettable. We can get them. And the earlier you contact them, the more they're like, because the one thing that a lot of independents have in common is they got a little chip on the shoulder about the whole process. So if you reach out early, they're like, oh, normally we're used to people not talking to us till the end. And automatically you have brownie points. Go yeah. get the independents. Go get them. That's a, I mean, 1.3 million Pennsylvania voters. That's all I wanted to add to that. I agree. Talk to Republicans. Go sure. get those independents. And stop talking to super voters all the time. If you're in a room and three quarters, if you're a candidate and you're in the room and you already know three quarters of the people, you need to be in a different room. Yep. I never, ever, ever want to see a candidate, a candidate. Now, this isn't like a GOTV volunteer universe, you know, to get people out to vote week before. I don't ever want to see a candidate knock a super dumb door. Right. Ever. And it's happened a lot. I don't ever want to see a candidate go to to events with the same people over and over, over and over, and over again and then i don't i also don't want to see people in leadership expect candidates to do that stand in the same room with the same people yeah that's silly and and, and nonsense it's nonsensical oh my god invite different kinds of people to fundraisers for the love of god <laughs> getting you talking crazy talk katie different people that's new people same. like what saying Find new and interesting venues in places that people might not consider. I'm going to rent a warehouse, God damn it! I don't know how, when, where, why, or how, but I do know what for. I'm just going to see if it's going to happen. I'll tell you what. Um, we went to a brunch this morning that preceded a canvas and uh, heard about an event, a canvas event that's going to happen. That we'll have a bounce house. And kids. I did a bounce house last GOTV on election day. Oh my god! On a college campus, and you would not believe how many students came to the polling place just because they were like, "What the hell is this bounce house?" And I'm like, "It's the time for you to vote, and then you can play on this cool thing." (laughs) Yeah. Well, this was, and and this is, I think, really truly the benefit of like starting to have like people with children that are more involved is um you know i think the idea is right you know you're gonna canvas um maybe you have a friend that you know doesn't want to or can't but could keep an eye on your kid in a bounce house while you do it just like opportunities just opportunities for everybody and canvassing can be fun if you've got a whole bunch of brand new volunteers make a new volunteer canvas where they only knock 10 doors and they're all in the same townhouse neighborhood together so you can like debrief with them afterwards and like 
go for a bar afterwards like or do speaking of bars do like a a canvas and craft brews yeah right like you want people sober knocking on the doors you do the craft laughter but i would like to have um when when you send people out to republican doors you come back and you have like a makeshift rage room set up for them oh oh or go to one of the rage rooms as like a debrief yeah axe throwing smash some shit talk about all the fun you had smash some more shit sounds awesome amazing um yeah i think let's just be more creative um and oh sorry no but next year like the municipals are a great time to play around and see what works I hope we will see the return of my favorite fundraising event ever, which um, we didn't do in 19 because we had other things during the commissioner's election. Did we do it in 18? Anyway, I can't remember how or when we exactly did it. Maybe. Yeah, it was 19. Um, But we had Mark and Cheese, right, for our wonderful county commissioner, Mark. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, Mark and Cheese. And everyone brought different Mac and Cheese, different types of mac and cheeses oh that's amazing like um, so it was like a little mac and cheese buffet with a few other extras of course so it wasn't just mac and cheese works on another level because mark is a little cheesy that was like i love this yes we had mark and cheese i will drive i will drive to center county for Mark. we need to figure out how to do it again but um we're not doing it right now because running next year and we have races right now Right. You don't want to so like the rates that are happening right now. So responsible. In the same way, by the way, for the municipal people that are announcing, in the same way that I would get mad on your behalf if state, senate, and house candidates for 24 are taking up all your biz in 23, I would tell them to screw off. But so, you know, speaking of biz, yeah, never screw with union people on Twitter on a Saturday morning. Oh my God. <laughs> we should end with this. Um, but like, yes, I just want to say we're not going to we name not names. Na- no. We do not name names. Um, but if you follow me on Twitter, you can figure it out. Put it to bed, Jillian. Put it to bed. Listen, um, you know, events. Um, there are no events but canvassing and phone banking. That's it. Any events that are other than that should be adjacent to it. Except my fall banquet, which is October. <laughs> <laughs> I invite you to the center county banquet, but they're all sold out. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll be there. Katie will be there. We're gonna have a real good time. A trade union. That's a good time, by the way. Um, but yeah, no. Do your canvassing. Do your canvassing. Do your canvassing. Do your phone banking. Do your phone banking. Do your phone banking. Um, and if you are in the Blair County area, come to my banquet on October sixteenth. <laughs> Please go. Knock some fucking doors before the banquet. Knock some doors, then come to the banquet. Um, 
we have some bomb ass things to uh to auction off. Um, I I heard one of the one of the baskets we have has like a giant ass bottle of Grand Marnier, and um and then some other kind of booze that I don't know what it is. I don't remember off the top of my head, but um we're very good at remembering to put booze in our baskets because <laughs> they people like it. Um, and all right. Uh, other than that, obviously, once again, canvas, um, if you want to join our crazy crew, you can hit us up on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the night caucus. And for just $5 a month, you can support us creating this content. Uh, and you can join us in our discord, which we're thrilled to have Chad Baker finally make it to the discord. Finally. <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I should say something. Uh, I will just tell him, Chad, I am not kidding. You know that I'm not kidding. And I'm yeah. going to leave it at that, which is cryptic for everyone else. <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, uh, so join us. It's fun times um, and it's educational times. Uh, for our Patreon listeners, we have a fun impromptu van training that I have to edit and put back up on YouTube because it got pulled down for violating community standards. Ah, Katie and I made a van training that violated YouTube community standards. I don't know how. For bullying and for harassment. Bullying and harassment. So yeah, you can but you can see it if you um if you join our Patreon. Um I lost my train of thought. You can oh, enjoy the Patreon. Listen yeah. to us Back wherever the fuck. I'm with this episode. Yeah. Anyway, come on, enjoy the Patreon. Join us. Um, and so, just uh, to bring it to the final, final close, as always, many, many thanks to my co-witches, Katie, Angela, and Shanna. Of course, our mysterious and delightful producer, Dr. Ack. Uh, happy Rosh Hashanah, by the way. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Night Caucus. Subscribe and ring us on Apple Pods, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your pods. And of course, come join our community by becoming a Patreon supporter. Um, and apply for your mail-in ballot.